When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. But no. 
now it look like when he get out, I'm going in. So now I walk around with my mind blown in my own little zone. Cause one day you hit the next day you go. Hey folks, welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan. This is your Tuesday episode. How the heck is everybody doing out there? Um, uh, I'm going to get pretty much right into this interview. <laughs> Watch I say this and it's like 45 minutes. No, I'm going to get into this because we have a great guest today and I'm going to tell her, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you all about her in just one second. Um, listen, I wanted to say thank you. I had made an announcement last Tuesday that my mom had asked for postcards and you guys are, sh- I mean, wow. My dad is, uh, my dad's really jealous. He says, where am I? But no, it, it's overwhelming, you guys. I, I'm shocked at uh, the amount of love you have shown her and shown me and shown my family through all of this. And uh, it's just mind boggling And some of you guys, you, you just need to send a postcard. Some of you guys are, are sending the most amazing things, and I'm I'm getting pictures of them, and I, um, and I don't, uh, you know, it's that that's amazing, and I know it is lifted her spirits up, and and I was talking with my dad, I texted with my dad, and he, and I said, hey, do you need it to stop? Like, do you? And he's like, no, he's like, no, this this has actually been a bright spot, um, it, it's it's been a bright spot for your mom and for me, and and. Uh, he said, your mom just keeps saying it just makes her feel so good that you are loved, that they they all, she's like, that they all seem to like you. <laughs> so I thought that was really nice. Um, and listen, I, I uh, it has just been a tough day. It's been one of those tough days. And I, I you know, obviously I'm not, I can't get too into it, but it's just, I just don't understand. I mean, also, and thank you, I don't, if anybody's listening that, that it works at the Mayo Clinic in Arizona, man, you guys, angels, like anybody that, that is a nurse or a doctor, that, and they, they really seem to care about what they're doing and, and make this final stage of life, they try to make it as comfortable and they try to make it, you know, they, they just, it, it really blows me away. But what, what really frustrates me, what angers me, and I'm so, I'm trying, I like, I vacillate sometimes, uh, you know, you'll hear me on those Vanderpump Rules ones where I'm just letting everything out and I'm like really silly and I'm, it's, it's like my chance to laugh. But, you know, lately, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've been vacillating, uh, you know, between like sadness and, and anger, you know, anger, because you just like, and this isn't just my mom, but you're just like, man, the stuff that we, we go through in, in this final phase and, and, uh, it's just, it's very hard to, uh, 
it's very, you know, it's just very, and you, I really don't have the words. So, um, but, but everything is, you know, the day, the day has ended. Uh, everything is good for now. I also have my dog, my dog, my poor dog. Uh, my dog is, uh, she's, <laughs> everything's falling apart. You guys, I'm falling apart. My dog's falling apart. My mom's falling apart. The only thing that's amazing is you guys and this, um, watch this breaks tomorrow, <laughs> but no, it's, it's one of those. And sometimes it just gets you. And I didn't get much sleep last night because my dog is, uh, you know, my ex is another, my ex is a saint. You know, she has the, uh, our dog primarily all of the time. She's just so great. Uh, and she had to go out of town and, and I have her, but like, you know, she's really elderly and going through her issues. She's completely deaf now. And that just breaks your heart. But she's like, she is, she was up every hour last night. And I was are you guys with kids? How do you do it? How do you do it? I got two and a half hours sleep last night. And it's like, when I don't get sleep, I feel like the sky is falling. I, I really admire those people that can get very little sleep and just be on it. That is not me. I'll like have a day of like good sleep and incredible productivity and then just no sleep and just everything is shit. You know, <laughs> like I'm in that phase right now. So, uh, hey, how are you doing? But don't worry. This interview was recorded this past Thursday. So you're you're golden on the interview. And it's, it's a great one. I had such a blast talking to Meredith Lynch, our guest today. Uh, but I just one last time, and I forgot to say this on yesterday's show, uh, if people do want to still send postcards, that's all it has to be is a postcard. She just likes seeing where people are from. And, you know, you guys, you know, oh, man. Um, but our but our address is, and I was I got permission to give my address. Nobody's blown it yet. 3546 East Ravenswood, R-A-V-E-N-S-W-O-O-D Drive, uh, Gilbert, Arizona, 85298. And my mom's Venmo is... <laughs> and my mom's SoundCloud link is... Uh, no, but it is... Uh, yeah, I can't even really think about it too much because uh, it just gets me but thank you guys i won't be able to ever uh yeah so yeah anyways that's enough of that uh tracy morrissey wasn't she great on monday's episode oh man i geek out on her so hard um and i geek out on my next guest this today was the first time i got to talk to our guest hopefully she'll come back her name is meredith lynch and i found her on tiktok i described that all in the beginning but she's just one of those people that is kind of brilliant on pop culture and she can talk about everything. If you follow her on TikTok, you know, uh, follow her on Instagram as well. I know she is uh, close to 10,000 followers, so we got to get her there. She's, she's, uh, she's huge on TikTok though, man. Uh, I remember just, I would get, I, I would just get fed her stories and I'd be like, Oh, I like that topic. Oh, I like that topic. And this, uh, we did this on Thursday, which was the day after the reunion. So of course it's heavy Vanderpump, but then we get into curious case from Natalia Grace. We get into some of her greatest hits, what she's, uh, you know, the stuff she's brushed up against in terms of dealing with celebrities and companies and things of that nature, which I just find fascinating. Uh, and, and you know, when you're a creator and, and you know, we start, from nothing. These are just things that we start because we're fascinated by them. And and then people start listening or watching or, or any of that stuff. And it, and it's kind of like, whoa, you could actually, you can do this. People, people actually want to watch this or hear this. It's really mind blowing. And it's so inspiring 
And that's why I love having people like Meredith on because they inspire me. And, you know, it, it, it's, it, we used to call it an acting school, like your special sauce. Like I always say, you know, what's your special sauce, which is, sounds just really disgusting when I say it out loud, but it's like, we each individually have something so unique to us. And that's why I always kind of rail against everybody that has the same kind of thinking or makes the same kind of jokes. You know, we're just seeing a copy of a copy of a copy. That's also why I didn't like Lisa Rinna last season. She was just a copy of herself of like when she was amazing. Sorry, it's my opinion. Um, but, you know, it's a, you want to stay unique to who you are, like believe in the thoughts that you have. You know, there's something that makes each one of us individually special. And if you can find that voice and it's taken me so long, it's taken me decades to find mine. And I still don't know if I've completely found it, but it is nice that every day I get to try to uh, to, to to make it a little more uh, clearer for myself and to, to try to sharpen it, uh, and kind of make it like a laser. <laughs> Literally, I'm like talking about like reality shows, you know, I like to sharpen it. I like to make it like a laser. You guys, I'm so tired. I'm not making any sense. Oh, also I want to apologize to a page, the Patreon. I, I was working on two episodes today, one, the Kardashians and then another one. And I just, every time I would get going, I would start like crying and I couldn't, yeah, I've been in that, you know, and I just couldn't do it. And I'm so sorry. So I'll get that to you guys tomorrow for the Patreon. Thank you, baddies. Um, you guys are awesome over there. So thank you for your patience. It's just that I, um, this has always been kind of, this is kind of my escape as much, much, as much as it's my, I don't know what's wrong with, as much as it's my job. So when I get into it and then it doesn't provide that escape, it's really hard to force yourself through that. Um, so anywho, so anyway, that's enough of this. Uh, but, but I'm telling you, this is like an hour and a half amazing conversation to have on. I think you're going to love her. I love her. Um, and uh, let's get into it. Her name is Meredith Lynch. I'm going to put all of her socials. You probably, if you're on TikTok, you probably have already seen her or heard her. But she's got, I think, a lot of big things coming. So she is one to watch. And I just, uh, you know, she is just... She could talk about anything. And I, I was just so happy to have her on So Bad It's Good. And I'm so happy that you guys are joining us today as well. So thank you so much. And I will talk to you. Uh, I'll talk to you probably on Wednesday, okay? And I hope you, I didn't even get asked. I hope you guys are having a good week. So I'll talk to you on Wednesday. And here she is, Meredith Lynch. But today we have a first time guest that I'm so excited to talk to. I met her a couple of weeks ago, but I've been familiar with her for a long time. Now, I, uh, I'm i elderly at this point, so I don't really know the inner workings of TikTok. So I'll, I'll dabble in it. I'll, I'll rarely post, but I do really enjoy it. And there was somebody that kept popping up in my feed that would talk about all of the things that I really enjoy listening to and her takes on them were always like I was always like really syncing up with her takes and uh, just really brilliant observational uh, also deep diving into pop culture thing I mean just so many deep dives every topic imaginable you can't put this person in a box at all but what's great on top of all of that is that she loves Vanderpump rules she loves the shows that we love so it's a natural fit to have her on. I met her a couple of weeks ago at Raising Canes. We were doing the Ariana Maddox uh, shoot, which was hysterical. It was one of the first times I did anything like that, uh, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about. We'll talk about the, uh, the the reunion, of course, and get into all of that. You might know her from the TikTok account at Meredith M. Lynch. So Meredith Lynch, welcome to the show. 
Ryan, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And thank you for saying all those nice things at me. It basically took away all of the DMs that I've gotten that are like, I hope that you go to God. <laughs> Which I do hey, listen, there a are, lot of those. They want you to meet, they want you to meet God. That's really nice of them. Are you kidding me? I mean, you bring up something that I think about all the time immediately is, and I think about this even in regards to Ariana last night, is blowback. You know, is that you You put your opinions out there, you're being honest, uh, like you are on your TikTok account, and uh, people like to tear things down. Like, I, like for as much as we build people up and your, your TikTok account, you never would have thought, I'm, I'm sure you never thought you would be at the point where people are coming to you every day to hear what you're saying. But when you started that, you had no idea. But as much as we build people up, we want to also tear them down. And I think we saw that with our, we're seeing that with Ariana a little bit, but I mean, can you take us through why you even like, when did you start your TikTok account? What did it, what was it meant to be? Like you have a real job. I think you probably won't, I don't know how long you will have one, but like you didn't start trying to do this, you know? Yeah. It's funny you say that. I always tell people I grew up in an Enquirer household, meaning like my mother bought the National Enquirer and I would oh, sneak in. It's a dream it. household. Wow, I love that. Were your were your parents into celebrity gossip? No, I wish. I was the kid begging my parents to like let me buy an Us Weekly or I would be at the grocery <laughs> store reading the National Enquirer, but they would my grandma my grandma was that, but like I I would have killed to have a family that did that. Yes, we were like celebrity gossip people and I am forever grateful for that. Like I was way too young and my mom like I remember her looking at me and going did you know that Mariah Carey was a virgin when she married Tommy Mottola? And I was like, I don't even know what that means, but yeah. <laughs> Wait, please tell me you learned about the birds and the bees through National Enquirer and Tommy Mottola. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I've always loved pop culture and I moved to LA a couple of years ago. I moved in during COVID, December of 2020. So there was like, you remember that time you were here, nothing happening. And like, obviously yeah. I was very privileged. I could stay home. I could be safe. So I started going on TikTok and I started with making like makeup videos. Cause I was like, I guess I'll oh talk God. about makeup. Cause that's what like everybody does. And like, I would do like, Oh, like here's like the viral lip gloss and here's like whatever. And then I started to realize like, I'm just buying a lot of crap and I don't really know as much about makeup as like a makeup artist, but I do know a lot about Tommy Mottola and a lot of other celebrities. <laughs> so yeah. I started to do more pop culture stuff. And I really started with these, what I eat in a days. Like I found all these, what I eat in a days of like celebrities. And I started like going in deep diving on those. Cause they were so unhinged. And then it just took off from there. Did you ever, and I know this, by the way, Meredith, we go all around on this show. So sorry if there's no real forward motion. Cause I just, then I'm thinking about like, did you ever read that Mark Wahlberg uh, article about what he does in a day? Like of like when he wakes up, what he eats, it's like starts his day at like three in the morning with his first workout. And then he does an hour of prayer after that. And then he has a little snack and then he does his second workout of the day by like 5 30 AM. It's wild. Well, like talk about someone that my grandma would love. Doesn't he have like a full on like Catholic chapel in his home? Yeah, I think and he then does. He, but he just sold it. He sold it. He's moving to Vegas and he's started. And I'm like, that's hysterical because he thinks, 
you know, California has become too woke. And he thinks I'm like, you go to Vegas, Vegas to me is sin city. And you're like, that's a better place than California for my religious needs. That like cracked me up. It's about the taxes. It's gotta be about the taxes, right? (laughs) It's, it's all, it's always something more than the reason that they're saying it is. And you notice that from celebrity uh, pop culture, I'll get into your, your uh, TikToks and you'll be like, you're like looking up these things. You're like breaking it down. You're an investigative (laughs) reporter sometimes. And what have you always been that way since a kid of like, I need to find out the reality behind what they're saying their reality is. Yeah. I'm, I'm an eavesdropper from, from a young age. I can remember eavesdropping in preschool on the teachers. I always wanted (laughs) to know things. And like, I'm wondering this about you. Like, are you like I like can see like? Are you Irish Catholic? I am. I am. <laughs> yeah, of course I, you are. I was an I was an I was an altar boy. I was, uh, you know, I was the. I did, you know, like listen, I'm Ryan. I'm Ryan Kyler Michael Bailey. Mike, you know, like I I've done all of that. Like, yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. Okay, so. Yeah. Irish people like don't like to tell their kids what's really going on. They like to kind of like hide the truth and everything's fine and we're good. But if you want to get the tea, you're going to have to eavesdrop. And so that's kind of like I always knew to be like investigating things, going through things at my house. Like I would go through the mail, I would go through everything so I could get the real story. Because <laughs> otherwise <laughs> I wasn't going to get it. And now I just do it with the U.S. trademark website. Well, I mean, were U.S. You trademark website. That like, is- did you eavesdrop? I, I would child, not call it eaves. Eavesdropping? I would not call it eavesdropping. I would call it paying attention. I would pay attention. Okay, fair enough. I would. I would. I would. You know, like I never. I didn't ever attach the nefarious word of eavesdropping. But I will say, I got that from my mom. My mom's a legendary eavesdropper. My mom yes. will. You know, she'll go out and she'll be like. You don't know it, but that couple behind you has been in a fight for the last 30 minutes and they are not talking to each other. And I picked up on this and this and this. And I'm like, mom, we're out of What are you talking about? Like, just like she loves it. She was so good at it, too. I love that. I Does your mom ever listen? Occasionally. Like she's yeah. yeah, she's lost most of her hearing at this point, which is kind of a blessing because I don't I don't have to, like, ruin the family name <laughs> even more. But, yeah, I mean, she listens, but. I think she's just more shocked when she does because I'm so vocal and my parents are both shocked that this is what I find fascinating is that pop culture, like a lot, the the whole point of the show is why are we ashamed of these things that we love? Because when I watch you, you know, like you say, look, I'm like digging into these things. I'm finding out the truth behind these things. Why can't this get as much respect as history like uh, as political history why can't this get that same respect because we have so many people that love it so much and it shows us different parts of the world in these different ways and i look at something like you i'm like you are giving credibility to what i love well i think you have also sort of destigmatized some of this and i think your mom probably would have known about Raquel and Sandoval long before she would have been like, she would have been the alley of it all. She would have been like, I saw them. (laughs) (laughs) She met Sandoval. She met Sandoval. She met Sandoval and Schwartz and they both were extremely nice to her. But I will say she told me about Sandoval. She, she goes, 
I called it from day one. I told you that guy was creepy. She met him. And then I had said so many nice things about Sandoval. She was like, okay, I like him. But then when all this broke, she said, I knew it. I told you even a listener uh, found like from three years ago where my mom said, I don't trust that guy. Like she was on the show saying that. I was like, wow, Becky Bailey predicted it. (laughs) Becky Bailey, Becky Bailey prediction. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, digging into all of this stuff, though, uh, it's 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 more than a pastime for you now. Like now people do, like I say, a lot of people tune in or not tune in or like come to you every day or they'll give you ideas of like, I need you to cover this. I need you to cover that. Where how, what is your internal litmus test for what you want to cover? Like, what is it for you is like a good, juicy thing that like starts to titillate your mind? Great question. I think. Anything that I feel like perpetuates the wealth gap is kind of like where I start. Like I'm really into private equity right now. And I was talking to somebody. (laughs) You're doing BlackRock, (laughs) right? Like you're getting Vanguard and BlackRock and all these things. I was talking to somebody this morning and he was like, hey, Meredith, um, just want to make sure that you have defamation insurance as you've been talking about private equity so much. I was like, thank you for the tip. (laughs) So, but you know. To me, something that's really fascinating is the amount of celebrities who are getting into private equity. Tom Brady's into private equity now. Kim just started her own private equity firm. So things that are that I find like that are really interesting to me. Um, I love anything that I can see a pattern with. That's probably the biggest thing for me. Like when I feel like a celebrity might be launching something new and then I can do the research and sort of find the trademark stuff. People will send me things from time to time that are like really hot and trending. And they'll be like, why aren't you talking about this? And sometimes I would love to know if you feel the same way. Sometimes I'm like, somebody else is covering that and they are doing a great job. And I just don't have it in me. (laughs) Do you ever feel that way? (laughs) Oh, all the time. Cause I'll be like, oh, well, I mean, people will give me like, um, like I'm not Demois. Like I'm not, and I love Demois. And I know, you know, like you're going to, you're on her show show very soon as well. But, uh, you know, people will give me tips and people will like, oh, look, you know, and I'm like, I'm not necessarily the account for that. Like, I'll talk about it on my show, but like my actual Instagram account, I do. I, I like to look at things from a more humorous angle. And so that's why I mean, I even know, like, I I'll never be doing the deep dives you're doing on your account. I'll talk about it on the show at times, but yeah, I'll be like, this isn't a me thing, but I love being part of the conversation and I love being thought of. I love that. Well, I love your content and I think it's so fun. And last night, like your tweets had me dying. Your tweets about <laughs> Scandaval, about about well, ordering I- Taco Bell and being middle-aged. And I was just like, yes to all of this. Because I'm older than everybody thinks I am, so... No, I mean, listen, you, you're, you're documented as 26 years old. And I think that's amazing. And uh, <laughs> congratulations. And no, the, the Scandaval of it all is... Why do you, as we wind down Scandaval, the thing that I keep asking these people is like, what did it for you? What, why do you think we were so engaged? Why were you personally engaged? And where do you see this headed at this point? That's such a great question. I think part of it. I'm killing it with the questions, by the way, I'm killing it with the (laughs) questions today. And I'm not using like the politician technique where they say that's a great question so (laughs) they can think of the answer. Cause I already, the Raquel Raquel technique, Raquel's like, (laughs) I am a bad person, but yeah. (laughs) 
just let me just repeat this. Have you guys read Harry Potter? <laughs> so, so I think what for well, first of all, what I think I love about Vanderpump Rules is that it's like much more relatable to me. And I'm not saying that they're my friends or anything, but I'm just saying I'm not blocked by any of them that I know of yet. Uh, yes, so yes. I like, no, and I really like, like them all. Although I, you know, obviously Sandoval and Raquel, it's different, but like they're, I find a lot of the characters to be really likable, like Ariana. Um, I find them to be more accessible than the housewives. Like they, you know, had popcorn ceilings in the early seasons and they don't have like, in order to buy homes, they all had to move to the Valley, which like, like people like you and me who live in LA, like we can appreciate that. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. Like it, it's like you guys, you think they're famous and they are to a degree, but remember they're not like famous in the sense of Jim Carrey making $20 million a movie. They're famous enough where they can buy a house, but they can't buy a house in LA proper. They got to go to the Valley. They got to go. And I think that is something so relatable on top of relatable already. And you're right. Watching them in those shitty apartments in those earlier seasons, when the power would go out, if he put the microwave and the air conditioning on is something that we've all gone through. Like that was what we loved so much. Cause we all had something like that. Yes. And I think that like from that, some of their drama, although it's not exactly the same and this has been really crazy. Some of it is stuff that like, I think all of us like have experienced like, you know, friend group fallouts and people dating within friend groups and things like that. And it's not the same as like the housewives drama. That's like, or Kardashian drama of like, I dropped my diamond earring in the, in the sand or whatever. Like, and they don't have like, you know, crazy shotgun weddings that are over the top and things like that. Like there's just something more relatable about it. So I think that a lot of us see a little piece of ourselves in different cast members. For example, I'm a Katie. I know I'm a Katie. I love being a Katie. And to everybody who comes on my page and you talk bad about Katie, I will respond to your comments and just like, really let let loose <laughs> because that's my girl but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like don't you think that there's something relatable about a lot of the cast members in a different way of course. And I think one of the fascinating things is to watch some of them become unrelatable is that, you know, if you start, you know, to watch that kind of journey where we see, especially Sandoval for me is somebody like, okay, relatable, relatable, love the passion, love the passion. And somehow, as Tom Schwartz said, he got lost in the sauce over the last year and it's completely spiraled. And to me, that is fascinating to watch somebody completely shift everything, but also even to watch, like you, you said, oh, they, you know, they, they don't do those huge weddings, but then I'm like, there was a, you know, two seasons ago, we had Richella, like things started to get weird. Things started to get weird. But the one thing that didn't change was that none of the, well, none of the men emotionally grow have grown up yet. So they are still behaving the way they did in their twenties, almost as like a throwback. You see the women maturing on this show, Katie, Ariana, Sheena, even uh, Lala to a degree, Lala, you see yep. that happening, mm -hmm. but the men stay emotionally stunted. And that's why we get things like Scandaval. Yes, exactly. And so I think when Scandaval happened, it was almost like, here's the show that we've been watching. That's kind of relatable. And then something happened that was like the big blow up over the top thing. And instead of the big blow up over the top thing being like, Oh my God, did you see Teresa's hair at her wedding? Which like, that was just so she could get pictures in the magazines. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, Teresa. I know 
I, I apologize, but that's what that was for, in my opinion. But with Scandaval, it was like, oh, wow, this is a huge deal because we know these people are actually genuine friends. And so I think that was it. And it's also like, again, I think there's the relatability of it all. And you're right. Like the, the women have matured and have grown and the guys have been able to stay in their bubble. And it's too bad because like you were on your podcast, I think it was a couple weeks ago talking with um, Sophie Ross. And you were talking about how, like, every time you see Sandoval, he's always like, you're killing it. You're doing amazing. You're doing Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's such a lovely quality. <laughs> That's what I, I was so attracted. I was attracted to Tom because I was like, this dude is the ultimate hype man. But then my, my love of it was that he was the hype man because also I thought it was genuine and him not wanting to put his penis in somebody. Like, now then you're like, oh... He was potentially that hype man because he was like, also, I would love to put my dick in you, dude. Like, that would be amazing. <laughs> like, so you were like, it starts to feel less genuine and it starts to feel dirty in a sense. And then it starts to feel creepy. And that's like the weird thing about Scandal is to start a season where you look up to somebody and to end a season where you're like, holy shit. That's why it's like, guys, you know, a, a relatively small amount of time. We've been in this for like 98 days. Your whole world can change like, and for the better or for worse. And I think that's another thing that this shows us, but I just still can't believe it. And I know we're exhausted. I'm exhausted from this, but the other thought I, I was, you know, like, what do you think? I, I start to see these negative comments about Ariana or negative comments about like, Oh, we need to take it easy on Raquel and Tom. Where do you stand after watching last night? Because yeah, like it was never going to be satisfying because she's not a good communicator, Raquel. So we didn't really get to hear anything. So it did just, it was just people shouting at her, but I still don't have tons of sympathy for that. Where, where do you stand? I, I mean, I'm team Ariana, obviously. And I really like Ariana. I always have. And I would say last night, I kind of sound like Raquel right now. <laughs> <laughs> last night, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last night um, and I think, <laughs> you know Tom said to Raquel when they were off stage he was like you're doing a better job than me and I was like you know what I don't disagree with that I actually think the the thing I don't think that it was good but what Raquel didn't do is she didn't try to flip it and Tom did and that was really bad like Tom made himself look so bad by like being mean bringing up other things and Raquel started to try to do it. And then she didn't. Um, but I think Ariana deserves all the things that she's getting. I think she's doing a great job. If I were her, I would ride this thing as far as you can ride it to the bank, get your endorsements, get your bag. Fantastic. I think with Tom and Raquel, and I've talked about this mostly with Tom, like that man needs to take a beat. Like, he, you know, like you think you're doing less, do lesser. Meredith, you I don't mean, wait. I, are yeah. you wait? Are you meaning to tell me you don't think going on a world tour with your shitty band is what he should be doing? Right? You're telling me? Are you suggesting that he maybe go into therapy, like Rick, potentially Raquel? You're telling me he should take a beat instead of doing what he's doing, which seems perfect from every you know every angle. It looks. I mean, but that's yeah. You're right. He should be taking a real beat because he's got to like get in touch with what he did. Right. And like, I mean, listen, I am no Raquel apologist, but she's laying low at least, right? Like she is laying low. Yes. I don't think it, 
I would be sending the postcards to the house if I were her. That's very strange. Um, and, you know, if they want to have any chance of coming back into the limelight and and being and, and winning people back on that show, which I think is going to be incredibly hard, then they should be going and getting help. Because if Raquel comes back next season, I'm not saying I'm going to fall for it, but there will be people who will watch her come back on and say, I was stupid. I was naive. I was manipulated. And I will say this. I do think she set herself up a little bit well for that last night when she did that interview, even though it was not a bombshell that we like thought it was going to be. She was like, listen, here's my last chance. I don't want to be controlled anymore. This is, this is a thing that happened and I want to come clean. That's probably the best thing she could have done. We finally got to see some emotions from her, which she was completely deadened and wouldn't for most of. I mean, it's very it was one of the creepier things that I've seen in reality television. But I will say that last five minutes, it didn't change things for me tons, but it did leave a little bit of a sliver open to be okay. You potentially could go with Tom was manipulating you as well. And in a sense, he completely was because that amount of we agreed to not say this part because it looks bad that I was being fucked in their house uh, right. while right. she was at her grandma's funeral. Like, you're Which like, is Holy so shit, disgusting. You... Right. But as a, as a woman, Meredith, what could potentially be going through Raquel's head when Tom's saying, like, how does a woman then like, go? yes, that, that makes complete sense instead of like, oh my God, this guy potentially is as bad as everybody's saying he is. I mean, I think what Raquel will say is I think we'll go back to and see, you're like me, you're an elder millennial. I think you'll you'll relate to this. We're gonna get a new season of Dr. Drew Sex Rehab. Oh my what uh oh my god, I would love but by the way, I'm one of the only people that loved uh celebrity rehab, which is the darkest oh. show that has ever when I think about watching that younger and thinking that I looked forward to every Thursday night to watch celebrity rehab, and now decades later, I'm like what the fuck was I doing? Like these people legitimately died after those seasons. And I would be like, Oh my God, like Tom Sizemore is crazy, man. Like, and I would, it would like, we were so trained by VH1 to like love the darkest, darkest shit, you know? But to yeah. be fair, it was during the Bush administration. So it was a different time for all of us. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> I, we, I mean, we say we're desensitized now, but I'm like, maybe we've been desensitized all along. Maybe like right? the, the things that we're used to seeing, but that's why I think Scandal also pierces that bubble again, because it's something new and it's something surprising. Like cheating's always been happening, but to, at this right. level, at this age with these people, that still is kind of mind blowing when you're used to being force fed like packaged housewives episodes where you know exactly what you're going to get. Most of the times, you know, it's like very cookie cutter. It's a formula, right? And yeah. I think if the cheating scandal had turned out that Tom had been cheating on Ariana with like some girl who nobody knew, it would have been a big deal, but it wouldn't have been anything like this. Which, it's, by the way, he did. Keep... Like, he's also he's oh, also yeah. had sex with other people. Besides, like, so that is. But you're right. It does not. It doesn't matter nearly as much as Raquel because of the relationship right. with Ariana. Because people keep being like, "Well, you cheated on this person, or you cheated on that person," and you're like, "Yeah, but like that wasn't that person's best friend." And that person, like, clearly, what Raquel was doing was getting intel from Ariana in the, in in their friendship. And then using that to help her 
you know, figure out whatever this situation was, which is so, that is so calculated. You know, it's, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's okay to cheat. I'm just saying there's a difference between somebody going and having a one night stand with a person that neither of these people know. And like what happened here, there are different levels to cheating. As a professional eavesdropper though, Meredith, when you look at Raquel, the thing that keeps confusing me and the thing that we all keep beating to death is that she does come up, come across so vacant that it's hard because like, yeah, I see exactly what you're saying. Like she is using the information she's getting with Ariana to try to bolster her relationship with Tom, but on her face, it is so hard for me to picture her actually having those thoughts of actually her trying to piece this plan together because I have the time. Don't even think she knows where she's at in physical space. So and I'm not trying to be rude, but it's I've never seen somebody be so good at being vacant. But at the same time, you have to now allow that thought to come in of this was planned out to a degree on her, not just Tom's end, but her end as well, because she was in love or whatever deep like with Tom and really said on the reunion that she thought this would end with her being with Tom and her potentially being friends with Ariana down the line. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's like some of the delusion and I can't take her inventory for her but perhaps that is like what sex addiction is right is that you are able to rationalize these things um and you know maybe she has that maybe she doesn't but i think she's in a way she might be smarter than we give her credit for like i think this vacant thing could also be part of the act i i, I understand it's just I know. I understand. It's just, I keep, even from an acting background, I'm like, yeah, but it's like the, when the mask falls, there's really nothing there still. Like even when the mask is completely supposedly fallen off at the reunion, we don't really get real answers. It's, it's deep. Like I keep saying it's deeply unsatisfying because there's no real explanation. It's still like, you know, I'm so sorry that I have betrayed and hurt you. I understand what I have done to you. I'm, and it's not, there's no emotional connection with anything. You know, even with Tom, you get fake crying, but at least he knows that people expect an emotional response. And that why, that's why those last five minutes, you're right. Not shocking in what was revealed because we knew that for a while. But what shocked me was that she actually showed emotion again. And it, it, re- it relieved me that she could have it, but then it also then went back and made me more suspicious of shit. This was way more planned out in not only Tom's head, but hers as well. And that's why I still don't have, you know, maybe I have 8% sympathy for her as opposed to, you know, a hundred percent, not sympathy. Maybe I gained a little, but just the tiniest amount because it is really, really dark. And I just don't think she actually really, I thought she, she thinks like a child. I feel. Yes. She does think like a child. And I think like that is kind of what a child would think, right? Like a child would be like, oh, um, if I like draw all over the wall with permanent marker, it won't be that big of a deal, right? Because like, like that's, yeah, and I don't know if that's the right rationale, but like there's something that like kids do where they don't see permanency. And so like they can rationalize, like even if I do this, no one will be mad at me. And so I do think that she's probably emotionally stunted. Um, and, yeah. you know, she's not very complex. So I'm also wondering like how she had such a friendship with Ariana because 
Ariana is smart. Like she's easily the smartest person. And no offense to everyone else. You're all very smart. But Ariana <laughs> is like very smart. Yeah, well, that that's the thing. I've asked a couple of people that have been close in that friend group going, you know, because I had a couple run-ins with R- Rachel and like I always like very nice, really couldn't take, couldn't get a beat on what was there. But I didn't really think, but I also just thought harmless. I didn't think anything more than that. And that's why I was shocked. But then the people around, I go, guys, she, the way she, like, did you guys ever have any deep conversations with her? Like, did you ever, and I I wasn't mean like, I'm like, honestly, did you ever have? And they said, yes, no, 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 we, we did. But I still, it's, it's hard to imagine when you see how she portrays herself. And to your point, what I find fascinating about her is that she talks about growing she talks about growing up in these kind of like vague terms of like you know this this summer i was going through changes you know and it was like <laughs> like she had hurt like it was like almost like rumspringa you know like oh this was my rumspringa <laughs> and i was out there just really you know hooking up with guys and but it, it oh my seems God, also- wait, will you please define rumspringa for the people at home who are not totally unhinged and don't Rum- like watch Rumspringa's- the Amish reality yeah shows? it's it's a fascinating, like for in the Amish culture, you know, is that the kids, when they grow up, they will go on Rumspringer where they can actually discover the outer world. They can drink, they can do all of these things. And it's kind of like they're sowing of their wild oats and then decide if they want to come back to the, the, the Amish life. I mean, they, they do come most of the time, come back to the Amish lifestyle. There's been a lot of great otherwise documentaries. Otherwise you're going to hell. Yeah. Like I mean, if you don't come back, yeah. You're, yeah. you're going to hell. Yeah, which I mean, sometimes <laughs> drugs are just way too good. You're like, ah, I'll, I'll take hell. Feels worth but, it. Yeah, no, yeah. She, she talks about these things in a really weird way where it doesn't even seem like an adult talking about them. They just seem like concepts that she was told that people go through. But then in this season, did you think, because, you know, last night we also found out, you know, they had sex at Sheena's wedding. They uh, Not only the night before, but the the day of and then that night she went and made out with Tom Schwartz, which oh God, is like talk, so gross. talking about it's the so dirtiest gross. double dip ever. But <laughs> well, but my thought is like, remember even with that or with the Oliver or with the Peter thing, she was trying to um, trying. I, I feel like she was trying to upset him into action of like making him jealous into action of like, well, you know what I'm going to do? You know what? I, and, and by the way, Peter, the, you know, long-term manager of sir said that Sandoval texted him after he saw that episode with their date and going, Hey dude, did you end up banging uh Raquel? Like, Oh yeah. Know. Wonder he why, te- wonder why you care. Hmm. But he was concerned. Like, so I was wondering too, if there's an element of, she was trying to make him jealous at multiple times this season. Yeah, but that's like even even like middle schoolers do that, yeah. right? Like that's very basic. That's such a like like you could also go to him and say, "Listen, I have feelings for you. If you don't leave, and I'm not condoning having done this, but like if you want to be with me, then you need to leave Ariana." But instead, a really immature person would be like, "Well, I'm just gonna like make out with your friend." It's a very high school like middle school reaction, I think, to all of this, and I think a lot of her talking points, which like are like. It's like, I was on a path of being selfish, like living my life for myself. I think these are talking points that like her parents gave her. Like, I'm not even kidding. Cause like, there's no way she came up with this on her own. Oh, it all feels like pageantry prep. It all feels like pageant prep. It all feels like she's been, 
you know, ta- I don't know. I don't, I don't know about crisis PR teams, but it all just, it, it, none of it seems genuine, but I don't mean not, I don't mean genuine. And she comes off outwardly evil. It just seems like blah. It just seems like bland. It seems like, and that's why I was shocked about the, all these men lining up for her when I've always just thought she was so bland regardless, which then made me think of that thing of like, well, these men are just seeing who they want to be through her eyes. So like, that's right. what like does she's it, not gonna buy you batteries. I'll tell you that right now. She don't even know what a battery is. I mean, like, there's no even like there's no way she knows what a battery is. And you know, you could almost start to see it on her face of like this was the moment where I was like, I think she knows she's made a huge mistake. Like Tom came over her house after it all goes down, and he's like, Oh yeah, I drove by my house, and there's like tons of cars out front. And she's <laughs> like, Oh, okay, well, I'm 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 glad that people are there for Ariana. And he's like, Yeah, but it just like makes me mad because like when I wanted to have a birthday party, Ariana was like, No man, you can't have people over. And you're like, Oh, like you could just almost hear the arrested development. Like, I think I made a huge yes. mistake. Like, because- yes. Well, <laughs> I mean, but also because I think Raquel was of the mind of like, okay, now we can be a couple now. And like, at least Ariana's taken care of. And he's like, dude, that fucking party is raging, dude. Like, are you kidding me? I need to be there, dude. Like he wants that party. And that's the other thing that Andy pointed out last night that we all have that. It's like, you know, this doesn't fix Tom. You know, Tom is still going to be Tom. Tom is still going to be bummed and upset about the same shit he's always been. And Raquel is a shiny bobble that he was able to make himself feel what, you know, he got his mojo back, but you're not going to tell me that that dude is not having sex with other people on the road right now. You're just not. And ladies or whoever. Yeah. Please use protection. Well, that's what I kept saying. I kept saying it was like, I kept wanting Andy to be like, uh, Tom real quick. Were you wearing protection with either of these women? Oh my God. I don't think so. I mean, I don't you know. Sandoval that. wasn't, I don't know. Sandoval was not like, you know, wrapping it up. Anyways. Um, what the fuck's wrong with Tom Schwartz in your opinion? What's wrong with him? Um, he has been able to play the nice guy card since I'm going to gather pre-K or kindergarten. <laughs> like, I just feel like someone somewhere is like looking at their pre-K photo and Tom Schwartz is in it. And he's got like, he probably had a mushroom cut. Remember the mushroom cut? And they're like, he was so nice. He was so nice in elementary school. And he has ridden that wave for so long. He's been an ah shucks guy for so long and it's worked for so long. And I do think that he was playing sort of like it, like he was the perfect best friend for Sandoval because Sandoval was like, you are the nice guy. You are easily manipulated. And you, I think he's a little, he's a little enamored by Sandoval, right? More so than he was Katie. I think we all, I think a lot of us are of like somebody that that passionate, that goes to those kind of extremes for every little moment in somebody's life. There's a lot to be like enamored by. And because also Tom is, and I think of myself in this way too, of like Schwartz is so damn lazy in his own life that he's like, this dude's like out there buying outfits for every day of the week. Like that's amazing. I can barely even put on underwear most days. Like that is huge for Tom Schwartz. (laughs) I call them Beavis and Butthead because Tom oh, is completely Beavis. yes. Shut up, Beavis. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty good Beavis and Butthead. Thank I'll give you, you that. You. But 
like they do have that dynamic. And I think a lot of friendships get into that dynamic where there's sort of like, there's the main guy and then the sidekick. Right. And so he is the food God to Tom Sandoval's Kim Kardashian. You know, I'm, I'm a food God stan. I love food God. Schwartz is food God. Schwartz is Jonathan Chebin food God. That's amazing. And like, he's just, and I mean, here's the thing. And I think you'd probably attest this too. Haven't you had a friend that you like, and especially when you were a kid, like that you were just totally enamored by. And I don't mean that like, it was like, you know, like you had a crush on like You you are so cool. Yes. If anything, this Pat, this has highlighted that I do that, that I will attach myself to certain people that I think are so far above me. Like I, you know, I have a, a, actually a really good friend that I still, but even with Sandoval, even the time I was like, I love this dude. I will get, I will, I like, I was like, I'm a Taylor Swift army for Tom Sandoval because I was, <laughs> I was, I'm so willing to give up my power for somebody else. I'm so willing. Cause I, I, I need that because I'm insecure. So yes. I mean, this is such <laughs> a thing that effort, plays right? out <laughs> time and time again. Yeah, I, I totally do. So I think that's probably Tom's thing. And then here's the, Tom, good news, bad news. The good news is you got away with it for a long time. The bad news is it's not really working anymore. And you have the power to change that. Like we can have the Tom Schwartz redemption era. He needs to go to therapy. He needs to, and this is just Tom, don't sue me for defamation. I just don't know if you walk the dogs as much as Katie walks the dogs. I just am going to say that, okay? So- (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, Gordo and Butters, those are the true victims of Scandaval, by the way. <laughs> so anyway, I think like he's at this really, he can go two ways. Two roads are diverged on a on a West Hollywood path. Now and- you sound like Tom Schwartz trying to recite poetry. Yeah, because that's <laughs> yeah, he loves right? those big words. He's like, isn't it magicalistic free? Like, uh, no, it's just the juxtapositioning of this uh, worldwide cultural uh, criterion is amazing. Like, it's ridiculous how much he wants to be perceived as smart, yet still does the dumbest things imaginable the with his heart. Stuff. You know, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he can't right. step up as a man with his heart. And like I had interviewed Katie a couple of weeks ago and there was a perfect example of somebody that is not as shiny as sand uh, as Schwartz on screen. But if you talk to her, she actually thinks about what she's about to say. She's actually like, well, this is how I feel and makes these really tough decisions that most, not just women, most men can don't, I mean, mo- all men don't have the bravery to make, but she makes them. And that's what I'm like. That's the shit that needs to be celebrated. Not, we need to pick up Tom Schwartz and make sure he has a career from this point on. Oh, totally agree. I completely agree. And I do think that people are seeing that with Tom Schwartz and it's just up to him if he wants to kind of put in the work. I don't know if he will, or he can keep going with like the path that he is. And I will say um, when he's on, he's on that like life on Mars show and stars, stars on Mars. Yeah. Stars stars on on Mars. Mars. And um, it's I, my favorite one since the one where they had celebrity diving. I loved the celebrity diving <laughs> show. It was like, have you ever seen John Sally dive? I'm like, no, I don't yeah. think so. Did you ever want to? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. But, um, you know, the smartest thing I've ever heard him say is they, he was describing Vanderpump Rules. And he goes, it's a derivative of the housewives. And I was like, oh, my God, wait, you're right. And then he then it went off the rails. So I was like, yeah. Yeah, that is how I would describe it. <laughs> I watched Stars on Mars and I I was I think I was very tired at the time, but I just my mind kept <laughs> slipping to 
I just kept wondering like, oh, that person must need this money. That's good that they did this. Like, I just kept thinking about how much money each person made. And like, was this good for like, because it, you know, it ceased for me to be entertaining after like a half hour. And I was like, okay. And I, I'll, I'll try it again when I'm less tired. But I was like, oh, I know Schwartz says he has money issues. So this is good that he got this, I guess. But at the same time, I, I feel like the men on Vanderpump rules fail upwards and the women have to carry the weight. Like once again, last night, Raquel, in terms of the questioning, once you realize you're not going to get anything from Raquel, why don't we switch gears and go right back in on Sandoval, the orchestrator, the architect of this mess. And let's get this timeline straight. Let's go dig into this. Why does it have to be? And I'm not, I'm like hundred percent team Ariana, but like T Ariana needed to get that shit out. But then when you have Lala and James, then on top of her yelling at Raquel, we're then once again, it's like, you're not going to get anything from her. She's a crash test dummy. We got the person right, right here. Let's go mm-hmm. back in on him. And that was one. Did you feel that at all last night? Oh, totally. Because let's be honest, he was trying to, coach her and he didn't get that moment like when he went to the trailer and then he wanted time alone with her he wanted to give her new instructions and she's smart enough to know that (laughs) like she knew that she needed to change the script but she didn't know what to do so i think you probably got even less for her because she was not fully prepped for what he wanted and he probably communicated that to her in some way and i will just say if you are the person in my comments who keeps being like tom sandoval deserved a break (laughs) he is fine okay like he was fine and they offered him a break it's just that he wasn't gonna get a break alone with Raquel without cameras and I'm sorry he signed up for that there's like a couple of people who are like you know what he's working hard and if he wants a break with Raquel he deserves it Like, uh, he took a few breaks with Raquel. (laughs) Some of us get distracted by the stupidest things. Like, I don't know why we get so distracted by these stupid things. I'm like, also, if you just want to point out easily, Tom Sandoval is the one that says, listen, our lives deserve to be up there. We need to be there all time. So, like, for him to even, like, come on. We all know how this works. He knows how this works more than anybody else out there. So, when I I get frustrated with the audience sometimes because I'm like, we're just falling for the stupidest shit over and over again. Like, I don't get it. And that's what he wants you to be like. He wants you to be like, oh, my God, he's working so hard. I will say I made a pretty decent joke about no one talking about the carbon footprint of Raquel's trailer, you know, uh, (laughs) because that, you know, that thing was running on a generator and somebody was like so upset. They were like, you will tear this girl down over everything. I was like, oh, my God, my friends, you got to take a beat. Oh my god! And the cutaway, the cutaways to Sheena in that trailer were masterful oh, in a so way. <laughs> I want to watch TV with Sheena now. Like Raquel had no reaction last week, what I thought was equally funny. But Sheena's re- she had a reaction to everybody, and then when she comes back on stage at the end, she was like, "It was like I was on The Bachelor. It was like I was on The Bachelor." And I was like, "Oh, good. She had a good time in the the she trailer watching time. the TV. She was like, like eating granola bars, and oh, Allie was there chips. with like a random yes. Nordstrom bag. I was like, "What is going on in here?" All I needed was Summer Moon because um, I don't have kids. I'm probably not going to have kids, but I see Summer Moon and everything changes for me. I'm like, that is the cutest child I've ever seen. You know, my, my 
Meditza, who works on this show, she was always the biggest proponent of Summer Moon being the cutest Vanderpump baby of all of them. And I will admit, I admitted this to Sheena, I just didn't see it in the first year. And now she is, I mean, literally what you would like, this is like a Gerber baby. This is like the most adorable baby in the entirety of all babies. So congrats. And But, but isn't Sheena the one, of course, that would have the best baby? Like, I mean, she just... It has Sheena's little face. It really does have Sheena's little face. And then it's got the bangs. Oh, God. She is Summer Moon. They're all very cute babies. I was actually looking. Ocean is very cute. I was looking at Kenya Moore's daughter the other day. I was looking. I was like, oh, my God. Who is this little nugget? They're all so cute. They're such cute kids. So we Uh, we love them all. No, I mean, it'll be interesting to see summer moon's journey but if you look at old sheena photos from high school she looks like she's like one of the juggaloos she like has got like the, the very thin eyebrow and she's like she it's a, you guys have seen those photos it's insane and i always like i wonder if she i if she will steer summer moon very far away from her high school looks because i think this is sheena's potential chance to right her wrongs from childhood herself um, well, you know, she's also much like us. She is a product of the Bush administration. <laughs> well, everything comes back to the Bush administration, does, which is fascinating. What else stood out to you in regards to the reunion last night or even just the reunion as a whole um, or even the season as a whole? What, what stood out for you or keeps fascinating you again and again? I guess just where do we go from here, Ryan? Where do you think we go from here? Because I don't know. I was talking to one of the producers last night. I was lucky enough to have a conversation with them and they had, they had been listening to the show, which, you know, was so nice. And and they were, really wanted to thank me for how I was, because they, you know, they were fighting also those rumors of, you know, this was scripted, which is the biggest bullshit of ever. Right. I mean, just like another one of those dumbest thoughts ever thinking this crew of people, not the production, but them could actually, you know, I mean, Raquel can barely learn the lines that Tom gave her for the reunion. You think she can do a whole season like this? I mean, you, you know, if and if, if so, put them in a Scorsese film. This is amazing acting. Um, I, I don't know. Also, I, too, I don't, if you if you were going to have some huge bombshell, you would have done it more than ten years, or you would have done it three years ago. You would not yeah. have waited ten years. This show's yeah. been on forever. Yeah. Well, that's that's their big theory too. Is that this show was faltering and they needed something to pump up the ratings, and so they hatched this plan. And I'm like, guys, like we. But by the way, that's on TikTok. You see that all the time. Like sometimes I'll go on social media TikTok and I'll get into the wrong like feed. You know, Algorithm, all of a sudden yeah. I'm in like conspiracy theory. Like it scares the living shit out of me. I mean, every day. I mean, I will. Do you see stuff that just turns your hair white of like, I'm so scared that people actually believe that this is true? Honestly, I think the good thing is, is like, I'm on a pretty normal algorithm. And so no, but you know, like there were so many people who'd be like reaching out to me and being like, did you know Raquel's pregnant? Did you? And you're like, like people like you and me and like you more so than me, but like who have a little bit of the, like, you know, we get a little bit of the behind the scenes, right? Like, and we, so we knew she wasn't pregnant. And so like, I would write back and be like, no, she's not. And they're like, well, I think you're wrong. And you're like, okay, fine. (laughs) Yeah. I'll see. I'll see you at the christening. I'll see you at the christening. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, it's like, are you writing fan fiction about Raquel Levis? Cause it kind of is what it's starting to feel like. I've actually written fan fiction about Vanderpump rules before. And it was like my favorite. I, I I remember when I first, I would do this as a joke, like five years ago, I wrote one a season finale of Vanderpump rules where uh, at the end of the show, a baby was dropped off on sir's doorstep. 
and it was uh, somebody that Jackson had impregnated. And then the next season was Schwartz, Sandoval, and Jax raising a baby, a la Three Men and a Baby. <gasps> Great movie. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't, and that kind of ages me as well. But I was like, wouldn't you love to see those three dorks raise some baby that you know from a mom that Jackson impregnated in Vegas? That would just be an amazing season. That would be a great season. I don't honestly. What if it? That's had, what, what you if should script. Had been pregnant. That's what you need to script. That that's <laughs> yes. scripted, motherfuckers. That's not like any. Um. Uh. Okay. So that was obviously. Uh, where do we go from here? But then in terms of like, well, I think one of the areas is DJ James Kennedy. Like he has the, he has really a lot of goodwill. The fans really dig him right now. You guys now is my favorite part of the show. When I get to talk about our sponsor and this week, we have a returning sponsor. It is our friends over at factor. This is the best meal service that gets delivered to your door. It is quick. It is delicious. It is easy to prepare. And there are so many options. And I want to tell you that like, so I've had this now I've ordered from them a couple of times and I just ordered from them again today. I used my own product code to order for my parents and I gave them the menu. I was like, you guys choose uh, because it is just the easiest way to have a delicious meal in the quickest amount of time. So now that it's summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for sunny, active days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. So it can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, you'll eat well, and you will stay on track reaching your goals. Um, a lot of people do get too busy, but they make you, you got to make sure you're eating. You got to make sure you have some gas in the tank. So with Factor, you can skip that trip to the grocery store. Who's got time for that anymore? You can also skip the chopping, the prepping, the cleaning up, all that stuff. Come on, that's garbage. But you can get flavorful and nutritional quality delivered right to your door. Factor is fresh. It is never frozen. And these meals, this blows me away every time. It is ready and just two minutes. And I've done this myself and they're always delicious. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's wild. All you have to do is heat and enjoy, and then you can get back outside or get back to your TV or do whatever you're doing. You got more time for that. And also if you're looking for calorie conscious options this summer, you can try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Uh, do you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals this summer? You can also try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. You can even elevate eating at home with their new upscale surf and turf and surf and surf meal options like roasted garlic filet mignon and shrimp and Cajun spiced shrimp and salmon. My goodness, they offer delicious flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles from keto to calorie smart, vegan plus to veggie and protein plus. These are prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. And each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can also add a protein to select vegan plus veggie meals each week. So these are chosen from like 34 uh, plus chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options. You know, it features all of it. Broccolini, leeks, truffle 
truffle butter, asparagus. I'm reading this stuff and I'm like, my God, I'm, it's too late. I'm hungry. Plus, you can round out these meals and replenish your snack supply with also an assortment of 45-plus add-ons. You, you can have breakfast items like their delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon and egg breakfast skilly, skillet. Or for an easy wellness boost, you can try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. Um, and, and if you want to pack on more protein, the filling options like you have a salmon filet, chicken wings, you can add all of those things. And if you want to budget this month by cutting back on takeout, get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery. Once again, two minutes. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions to your door. Source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. Now, this June, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals. You just go on their website. I'm going to give you the web address in a second. And you can choose from all of these different options. And they change them all the time. Um So enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. So here it is. Head to factormeals.com slash sobad50 and use code sobad50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code sobad50 at factormeals.com, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S.com slash sobad50 to get 50% off your first box all of that stuff's going to be in your show notes, you guys. Uh, and now back for the remaining portion of our show. And I think he's funny as hell. But even last night, um, you know, a lot of things got brought up where his cheating, you know, his multiple um, cheating things. He's like, no, no, I've said all I needed to say about that. No, no. And eventually those kind of ghosts come back into play, I feel. And he's also had, uh, he's an alcoholic, I think, or, you know, those things will come back up. Do you, do you, where do you foresee DJ James Kennedy going? And what is your overall opinion of him? I think James is really funny. I've always found him to be funny. I'm happy for him that he's performing uh, at the, um, is it the Imagine Festival? Yeah, yeah. Good. Would... Don't say anything bad about the Imagine Festival. We're very happy he's performing at Imagine Festival. I am happy for him, especially because, listen, I, at least once a day, say, I've found your keys. The owner of a Toyota. Do you remember when he was doing the <laughs> yeah, Vanderpump? Yeah, at, the, at the, the Vanderpump Pets party, yeah. <laughs> yes. And so I'm happy for him. Uh, and I, I do think he's walking a very fine line, though. And I do think he needs to be careful that he doesn't go too over the top, uh, because I think that we see how people can flip just as quickly, like as supporting versus like not supporting. And Ariana's good because she's very, well, she's really smart and she's savvy. And I think what she'll probably do is she'll ride this wave and then she's going to like retreat a little bit. Like she's going to take a step back and figure out sort of the next steps for what her life looks like. I mean, girl, if you want to go live in the French countryside, more power to you. But James, I think I think they all need to take a step back. And Allie is, it seems like a lovely girl. So it would be really cool if James can figure out a way to keep that going, I think. I just don't want him to get, as to, to, to quote Schwartz, lost in the sauce in his own stuff. 
he just got lost in the sauce, man. I don't know how else to say it, dude. Raquel was his heroine, man. Um, you're right. You're you're completely right. And I was thinking in my mind of like, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if Ariana let all of this get to her head and we had this wild and crazy season where, you know, she's out there partying every night. But Ariana's just not like that. What you're more likely to see is this getting to DJ James Kennedy, this getting to one of the men of the group, because those people truly can get lost in the sauce. And they do because they 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 it's it's easier than to actually face the hardships of your life. You know, and like I think Ariana, this this happened to her, yet she has faced this, I think, with so much grace and like moved forward. So when I see negative comments about Ariana or how much money she's making, it kind of enrages me. I was, I was, she did a glamor magazine cover story today and I interviewed the author of that today. And it was a great interview. And oh, I love so the, cool. I love the story too. I thought it was a great profile that kind of dug into more of who she is instead of the scandal of it all. But, uh, you know, somebody I respect, like posted of like, Oh, can we stop with this already? Oh, like, why does she, and I'm like, you don't, you probably didn't read the article, but I'm like, wait, why wouldn't she be a cover girl? Why wouldn't, wait, wait, but she did, she survived something that a lot of women have suffered as well. She has thrived because of it. Why wouldn't that be a cover? Like, I, I don't sometimes understand our anger at people um, succeeding that deserve to succeed. And I, it's their own anger of like, well, when I got cheated on, I didn't get shit. But yeah, man, but like this. Like you weren't on national TV. Yeah. Like, I mean, can you speak to that a little bit as a woman too? Like where where does that anger come from? Yeah. I mean, listen, I think it's envy a little bit. um, And I think we want women to have success, but only up into a certain point. Right. And I think the thing that's cool that's happening in our culture right now is like, Look at somebody like a Monica Lewinsky. I think you're probably in the same boat as me as you're like, she was young. She was manipulated. Correct me if I'm wrong. And also now we know she's funny and smart as hell. And she always was like, she's really funny and really smart. And so it, it took us like what, like almost 30 years to kind of like give her her redemption story. I mean, and, and, and I mean, that's also an interesting story too, because that's another thing where politics became pop culture, you know, is that Monica Lewinsky story became pop culture. And then, you know, like we had the Monica Lewinsky show on FX a couple of years ago with Beanie Feldstein, like, you know, she was a producer on that, but to keep reliving those, these kind of traumatic events. I mean, how old was she? Was like, she was 21, 22. Yeah. Like 22 years old. I mean, like, think right? about that. Like, Raquel is 28 years old. Monica Lewinsky was 22 years old. And like, yeah, the most powerful man in the world showed interest to you. Are you telling me you're not going to take? I mean, like, that is, I mean, I'm not comparing Sandoval to Bill Clinton, but I mean, listen. Also, if she wasn't fits, friends with Hillary. Like, if she was yeah, friends with Hillary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it would have been a different story. You know, I mean, real quick about Monica Lewinsky, just for the audience. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm friends with Monica Lewinsky. Like, I, I'm oh, like, oh my I, God. well, no, no. I mean, not like, you know, but no, 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 that's we cool. used to have a dinner. We used to have a dinner like every month. And it was like through her brother, uh, Mike, who's a great guy. And the first time I met, like, this is how, this is what she has to deal with for the rest of her life was that I knew going in, I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to meet Monica Lewinsky tonight. And I remember, you know, me and my ex, we were like both nervous about like, oh, we're going to meet Monica Lewinsky. And she was so amazing. So funny. She was so used to being in situations with new people where she immediately like diffused things. And I remember even playing a game 
some game and one of the fucking clues was her and she was like or it was bill clinton it was like one of the and she was like whoa and we were just cracking up and i just thought wow for the rest of her life she has to deal with walking into rooms or people walking into rooms with her and potentially whispering behind somebody's back or wondering or just and then she would tell me of like you know people would just follow her home people would stop like the shit she's had to go through but anyway sorry to i just was thinking no, about that but real i quick. think like Oh my God. How about like a, like if, what if we like scrap, like not don't scrap the view because listen, I love that first 15 minutes, but like a new view with like Ariana, Monica Lewinsky and like two other people. I think it would be absolute fire. Cause I think that oh, Ariana right. and Monica are like kind of cut from the same cloth in that they are brilliant and funny and savvy. And so I, but also like, you know, Monica was so young. And I think that, you know, of course, deeply impacted her experience. So anyway, I think, yeah, I think like we are starting to hold men accountable for more stuff and that's great. But I think that we still are like, oh yeah, she can be it for a while, but not for too long. We don't want her to be, we don't want her to yeah. get too successful. We don't want yeah. her to get She's too gotten much enough. stuff. She's gotten enough from this and that's. You know, I keep saying, you know, what we talked about at the very beginning was what goes up must come down. You know, is that for every success, you know, or even you and your your success with your your platforms, you know, it's like people will you'll get those negative comments, you'll get those boo boo, you know, like those really cutting things because people can only take it to a certain point. Then they feel like you don't deserve it after that point. And I think that's so unfair because. What happened to Ariana is awful, but the good stuff that's happening to her, from what I can tell, she seems like a really good person. Like she seems like a nice person. So if we're going to have to uplift someone, why not have it be her, right? Like if someone's yeah. going to be on the cover of Glamour magazine, why not have it be Ariana who has been, you know, who's smart and, and is opening a business and, you know, is an ally and is all these things, um, yeah. And has given us so much labor, right? I was watching. Have you watched Shiny Happy People yet? The Duggar, yeah, the four part Duggar series. Did you? I, I I wanted four more parts. My God, I loved it. I didn't think I would like it that much. I'm about halfway through, and something I found really interesting was there was this woman on there, and I wrote her down her name now. Of course, I can't find it, but she was talking about how, like the Duggar women were performing all this like free labor basically by like showing their lives and because, you know, they weren't compensated well. And so, I, I, you know, you and I both know this, like reality TV stars don't make a ton of money. Yeah. Like they yeah. don't make that yeah. much money. No, no. I mean, so I was like, even new cast members on Vanderpump rules, they were making shock. Like I, one offer that this girl didn't take, she was offered $2,000 for the season. Right. For the season, because they knew she was going to make it up. They were like, oh, you'll make it up on social media. You'll make it up on that. We don't know if you're going to actually like succeed as a character on this show. So that was like the jumping off point a couple of seasons ago. Right. So like, you know, I think Ariana has given us a lot of her life. And I think it's only fair that she she gets all these things. And I also think that she will probably also take a step back at some point. Not that I'm saying she should, 
if she wants to do it. But I think like just for herself, I bet she will say, I'm going to take a step back. And I hope she writes like a book or a memoir or something. Cause I think she's got a great yeah. story to tell. In the glamor magazine, there was a gr interesting quote about, you know, she said, I don't come from generational wealth. So I want to make sure that I work enough at this point right now, while I can, where I don't ever have to worry about money again. And my mom and my brother and anybody that I'm family with that they could also I could help them as well. Like, and she's like, so yes, I am going to work as hard as I can while I can. So I don't have to worry about, and I was like, yes, that is the correct answer. She did yes. not come from generational wealth. She said, you know, my parents did as good as they could with, you know, with us, we didn't want for things, but like we were raised at a certain level and I want to make sure that I, you know, like, and I was like, yes, that's, a, that is such a, it's like, sometimes Ariana thinks too clearly and we punish her for that. Even the cast punished her back in the days. That's why some of those girls didn't fuck with her at first because she would always kind of be on the right side of things. And that really annoyed them because she'd be like, you guys are talking shit too much. You guys are doing this. And they'd be like, oh, you're ruining our fun. Yeah. And, you know, in this economy, girl, get it while you can. Truly. Yeah. You know, I had... I got, it fell through so I can talk about it. But like the other day, like, um, like, you know, like those cell phones, like jitterbug cell phones <laughs> that like old people have. My dad has one. Yeah. My dad has one. Yeah. I'm very well aware of the jitterbug. <laughs> well, they yeah. reached out to me and they're like, would you do content on this? And I was like, hell yes. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not bad. There's, of course there's stuff you say no to, but like, you know, I think that people don't realize that a lot of us, like not, I'm not like Ariana, but like a lot of people who are doing content and things like that, like it, the money doesn't just flow all the time. And even for like, look at the writer's strike right now. I mean, before I lived out here, I thought that if you were a writer on a series, like that you were like living in a mansion, like <laughs> I thought that you were super rich. Oh, I mean, I have a friend, you know, a friend came on the show to explain the writer's strike, who's a, an executive producer on American Dad. But, you know, he had yeah. been there for 10 years now. Right. But he was talking about when they first started. It's like you've got, you know, it's like and he was part of a writing team. So the writing team split one writer's salary and then you would get paid more for your episode of the show, even though you'd write on the whole season. So you get paid more for your episode. But then you're splitting that with one other person and you're like the, the economics of it. And that's what these people were fighting for right now is that. They're making it so there can't be any new writers. You can't survive on what a writer would make and how they want to actually structure these rooms now, which is is really, really scary. Um, you mentioned shiny, happy people, and I thought that was an interesting thing because the women were doing these labor. And in terms of fundamental fundamentalist Christians, um, the, the, the order in every household was God, the husband, and then the woman. So the woman, and, and it, you could even apply that structure a little bit, maybe mine, maybe God's Andy Cohen, but you know, is that these women are working for the men in Vanderpump rules, you know, is that the, you know, these women are, you know, putting the credibility into this show and the men, you know, not Tom right now, but most of the men get to profit off of that. We even see the Vanderpump economy with Jax coming back into play with all of these old cast members coming back into play. And I just find that concept really fascinating. Right. I mean, the women have consistently been the Greek chorus of this show. Remember when, you know, Ariana's like crying because her dad has passed away and it's like the anniversary oh. of him dying. And like Tom is like, I mean, he he couldn't help it. He like has to, you know, talk about the bulldozers like it like, has dude, been like this. There's a chance that I can like crush <laughs> stuff with um like big just. 
big things that crushed vehicles. And I just, <laughs> and like, they had just had this beautiful, like, we should have known then. We should have known then that this was, that he was thinking about himself so much, even back then, that even in this moment where he said, I'm always here. He's like, I'm always here for you, dude. And she's like, this was so special, this birthday. And he's like, I need to leave you tomorrow on the anniversary to go bulldoze shit with like in Vegas with my boys. And like, that was, I don't know. I felt like he had grown past that though. I think we all thought that. I think we thought, oh, okay. Like he's, but I think he was just acting out in different ways. Um, Moving on to a couple, I, I got a little bit more time with you. Are you good still? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Let's keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. This is amazing. I'll just ask you to come back already again, hopefully down the line, because this is not covering. <laughs> oh my God, I would bit. be honored. Um, so uh, I wanted to talk about some of your greatest hits in terms of your work and what you've uh, you've been involved with, because I mean, sometimes I get scared for you because you'll be like, I, I, I don't know if I need to get a lawyer on this. I don't know what, you know, and I'm like, oh shit. Like I, how much of your daily day is now being afraid of what you've said? That is true. By the way, what you've said is true. You're not making these wild accusations, but like, isn't it interesting now that though you do have to, who was it? Like, was it goop? What was the thing that the guy from, was it goop that got like involved? And then he was like, you're like, you got to apologize, dude. Like there's been some wild things that you've been a part of. Like how scared are you on yes. a daily basis? So I think the thing is I've gotten better at knowing how to say things, um, saying allegedly, saying in my opinion, which by the way, doesn't completely cover you because you can say that and, and anyone can sue you. That's the, that's the thing that you probably, and I'm, you know, I think a lot of people know this, but like, you just have to remember like, oh, I could sue, I could sue that guy before giving me a weird look on the street. It doesn't mean it's going to hold up. But I could still sue him and we could still and go they through could, all the legal fees. He could make you waste money. Yeah. Right. So you do have to be kind of careful. And I think the thing that I, I don't feel as nervous as I used to because I do know how. And it's like it kind of I think sending people a cease and desist over like things that are true or things that they've said my opinion on. It tends to Streisand effect this entire thing, which like. Are you familiar with the Streisand effect? I feel like I am. Be. Will you explain to the audience what that means? Yeah. So essentially there was, I think, a picture on the internet of Barbara Streisand's home. And she didn't want that up. Which like also too, you kind of get it. But anyway, she didn't want it up. So she, you know, I don't know if she sued or but she made a huge deal out of it and she took it to court. And then what happened is it blew up. And everybody saw the picture. So something that would have just been kind of like a small thing that would have kind of faded away on its own became a bigger deal. And then there were so many photos of her, of her house out there. So for me, like, for example, when I got a cease and desist from Rachel Zoe, the funny thing was, what did I had you get that for? These... So Are I had been to say, deep... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've been doing deep dives on her subscription box company curator. And basically I was showing how, you know, people were leaving comments on the Instagram page and they were like, this, like, where's my box? It never came. Or you charged my card twice and I can't get through to customer service. So I was like, look, here's the customer service situation. And then uh, I was like showing how like sometimes it seems to me, in my opinion, that what they do is they um, they white label stuff. So they'll just get something from like you can just order like you can just order a brand like you can order eyeshadows, right, that are like no brand on it. And then they create a brand for that eyeshadow company. So like 
to just order in bulk from China and then sell it as your own product. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I was just sort of explaining how that works. And so they didn't like that. So anyway, I got a cease and desist. And in it, they the things were that I had said that the boxes were filled mostly with junk. <laughs> that was one of the things. That, that was the thing. Was that was... <laughs> Defamation. I also yeah. said she was operating a caftan Ponzi scheme. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I feel when you think of Rachel Zoe, you do think Caftan. I do. I've seen her at a lot of Caftans. Allegedly. And so I so so I said that. And but what I really meant was because she was selling these boxes that had caftans in them. And then people were saying, like, oh, my box never came. So I was like, oh, it's like a caftan Ponzi scheme. And like it's kind of a joke. Which is a um, funny thing, but I guess in these, people don't have a lot of humor at this point, you know. And by the yeah. way, am I would I be correct in assuming that you probably also love the the Rachel Zoe project? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah like I mean, we all like watch I, that. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, I think that it was for me when I got the one from Rachel Zoe, it was to me just like, okay, got to be careful about what I say. And also like, wow, like if you have money, then you can basically control your image in a lot of ways. Because I did pretty much take everything down that was related to Rachel Zoe because I was so scared and they came after me pretty aggressively. So that, you know, that definitely Meredith learns a lesson. (laughs) Well, how would you go? I mean, how would, how is that in the future going to stop these things that you're naturally curious about? Like, can they snuff out your spirit? I mean, I know you're on the Demois uh, Do You podcast, and I think you talk about Bethany Frankel a little bit, which I am fascinated because Bethany is another one that like really likes to allegedly, in my opinion, intimidate other people that are beneath her. And I sometimes find out like why I I don't half the time know why Bethany does anything like the charity work. I love the rest of it. I don't get, but like, sometimes it feels like, well, they're trying to snuff your spirit out. How do you, how do you, how do you keep going doing this? Yeah. I mean, I think that the thing that's, I guess, good now is I don't think that brands want to, or celebrities want to send them to me because I think they know it'll probably just end up making them look worse (laughs) because now I just say it if I get one. Right. I mean, obviously if something happened, like, and you know, maybe we, no one is above making a mistake or something, but like, you know, for the most part now I know what to do. And I think are never going to come after me like the Kardashians, like Gwyneth Paltrow. And that's kind of who I go after, not after, because like there's also things that the Kardashians say that are funny and like yeah. you can talk about them. So I really try to look at these folks fairly. And when I was on Dumois, I said, I was like, you know, I believe that Bethany had a really hard life. I believe that, and I've said this on my on my TikTok. I said, I believe that Bethany is, you know, bigger than the cease and desist that she sent me, and I'm bigger than the cease and desist that I got. Like, we are all none of us are the worst thing that we've ever done. Not that I think the worst thing she's ever done is sent me a cease and desist, but what I mean is like when you step back from it and you're just like, oh well, it's a piece of paper and it it didn't work. Cause with Bethany, I only took down one video. 
Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. But also, doesn't it make you bigger in a sense as well? well? Like it builds your reputation. Like, I mean, it kind of builds your I mean, people have more than more eyes get on you. Like there's a natural evolution in these things as well, where, I mean, not that you would look at it this way, but it would be like helping you in certain ways, like getting you more attention in the end. I'm sure that like Bethany and her team now are like, oh my God, well, we made that girl's career. Like we made her TikTok. We like made her, you know, she wouldn't have anything to talk about if it wasn't for us. And like, yes and no. Cause like I already had a pretty good following before that happened, but it definitely brought in new folks and that's great. And I try to make it like, I don't talk about it that often. Sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, tell stories about it and I've gotten better at like sharing pieces of it because now I feel more comfortable sharing it. Uh, but you know, Captain Ponzi scheme is funny. 
right? Yeah. Like- <laughs> I mean, it, it just is. I mean, there are certain, I mean, that made me laugh immediately because you get a visual, you get like, there is certain turns of phrases that's like, come on. Like, and, and by the way, not, you know, this, that's, a, but Bethany, Bethany knows those turns of phrases too, because she used all of them in housewives. She was person that would make, she would say something like that about Rachel Zoe. She like, that's what is so funny. It's like these people, they're doing what you do. You know, it's like, that's the interesting thing is, like she knows above all what a clever turn of phrase can do. Right. And the thing that's so funny about Bethany is I think we actually probably have more in common than we don't have in common. Yeah. I think that she's probably very smart. Um, I think that she is kind of no, no BS. And I think if she met me in a different scenario, she would actually like me (laughs) to some degree. Yeah. But (laughs) But that's not what happened. And I also think she is like, she's a marketing person. And I also think, and this gets to like, what is TikTok? Celebrities are having a really hard time doing TikTok because it's a whole new, it's a whole new ball game. And I think Bethany has cracked the code with her audience, but I don't know that she'll ever cross over from that big audience that she already had. Like, you know, the, the people who love her are people who have loved her since she was like hawking muffins at the Ralph's, you know? Yeah. And we saw that they evolution. still see her as that. And she's not, you know, in my opinion, she's not really that anymore. Allegedly. So, allegedly. But that's why she's going back to like going to the dollar store, going, you know, doing that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, I just always question, and I I mean, I study this on this show, is that sometimes what scares me is that like when somebody has so much and we've watched this person bust their ass to get it, then I'm always like, well, you reach the finish line. And even now, as I do this, I'm realizing, oh, my God, I guess there really isn't a finish line for any of us. We're never satisfied with anything. There is no I stop now because then you want more and more. And maybe it wasn't that Bethany allegedly, in my opinion, wanted to be a millionaire. Maybe at the end of the day, she allegedly, in my opinion, just wants attention. So it's never going to stop. It's never going to be enough because other people are going to be getting attention that she allegedly, in my opinion, feels that she deserves. And that's the other thing too, is that I'm so happy in these days of pop culture that we're all talking about this, but we are all talking about this and we are all like, you know, it's like, there's, you know, every, every, you know, every day, a billion new podcasts form every day, a billion new, and that's amazing. But then we've got to start differentiating what's the bullshit and what do we listen to? And that's why I always think it's good to listen to somebody like you that I know is not bullshit, but it's hard because we all do have a voice. The Andy Warhol's 15 minutes of fame is just completely obliterated. You know, it's, it's insane now. I agree. And I'm sure that that's also hard for people like a Bethany who came up at a time when it was, it wasn't impossible to get your 15 minutes of fame because reality shows were happening and stuff. But to celebrities, I think they're very like, what is this? How can somebody else have an opinion about me and then have it get blasted around? That didn't used to exist. It used to be that you like, you know, hoped that you got it okay in the Us Weekly or in the Inquirer or whatever. But now there's a whole new ball game and it is hard to keep up with. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think there's a, there's no media training for this. But I think what wins people over is authenticity and people who really do have a track record. And that brings me back to Ariana. 
Yeah. Like, well, you look at, look at what you did. That's amazing. No, but you're right. But even that's, I think what you, you know, you're authentic on there. You built up your audience and people go to you because you're authentic. You're, you're going to be telling them your truth or, you know, your version of how you see these things and your research and they trust you. And that is something that like that, that is invaluable in this day and age, but it's hard because that's the authenticity things. Are we really getting authenticity from Sandoval and Raquel? You know, like you can sense when we're not getting these things. And that's why I think those are the people that cut through the noise. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I do. I trust you. Well, I trust you right back. Well, I trust you right back. Uh, uh, okay. What else, what else do you like to watch? What do you what, what like? Uh, how do you zone out with like pop culture? What do you listen to? What do you like to watch? Okay, so I watch a lot of Forensic Files. Do you ever watch Forensic Files? <laughs> you know what? I've watched a couple of episodes, but thank God, like, my mind has allowed me, like, that and then Law & Order episodes, I've really never dabbled in, even though they're two, you know, very distinct fan bases. But I'll, like, sometimes be like, you know what? You're good. You don't have time to delve into that. So, no, but I appreciate okay, the people you get, that do. You get the, you get, yeah. do you have, like, a veg out show? Like, a when, um, when, like you can't well, handle the scan of all of it all. Oh yeah. You know, well, it's like dark. Like I'll fall. Well, you know, it changes from week to week. Last week was curious case of Natalia Grace. That was starting to, which is so dark that that was my comfort show when I would fall asleep listening to that, like the, the kooky uh, father tell his story. And you were talking a little bit about curious case of Natalia Grace. What did you think of that? And people don't realize where Natalia Grace is actually doing her own episode of that, that will come out later in the summer. Yeah. So I didn't know a ton about the case, but I will say like my sisters and I like orphan was a comfort movie for us. Um, so we used to watch that movie orphan like yeah. all the time, um, which says a lot about what was going on at our house. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's after she found out Tommy Matola had sex with Mariah Carey. That was, it was after <laughs> like, that moment. Yeah. You sit down and watch orphan and pay attention to orphan now. And Orphan, by the way, you guys, it was a older, it was an older girl that pretended like she was a kid in a family and she was murdering people. Yeah. Yes. And Peter Sarsgaard looks like a damn snack in it. I'll give him that. But this, like, like I got into Natalia, Natalia Grace and I thought like, oh, okay, like maybe this really is sort of similar to the concept of Orphan. And then as I watched it, personally i'm from i'm an natalia grace truther i would say i really believe she was a child because if you look at her when they first got her when she was six and you look at her now her face is like the face her face is like the face of a 20 something now right and her face at the time looked totally different and so i don't find the father to be a reliable narrator and i think like that's that's like, just watch him for five minutes. And then, you know, a lot of the things people say, well, she was acting out, you know, cause like then basically these, these parents that adopt her and then they think that she is, you know, I guess they think she's like 22. They both go and put her in like an apartment. Yeah. It, it takes so many different twists and turns. One of the things that keep popping up though, that confuses me still of, you know, she had pubic hair and she was having her period as a very young girl. And, and the thing was like, I was like, Oh, maybe the family lied about that. But then I believe they said that the, the, they had put her in a mental health facility at some point, And they also said those things. So I was confused about that. But then 
they put her in this apartment and would like go like give her a little food here and there. The other thing that concerned me though, the neighbors there, they said that she, there was some bad things about her and that kind of confused me as well. So it wasn't as cut and dry as I wanted it to be. I want, I wanted just that the parents are completely lying, but it was hard because then there were some other corroboration from like neighbors when the parents weren't there. And that confused me. Yes. And I totally get that. And I even thought it about it myself. This is what I would say. And this is what some people have told me. There is a chance that because she was in, in this orphanage in Ukraine, that she might've been put on some type of like growth hormones that, um, you know, they thought would help her, but probably because of the dwarfism that she, she was born with. Yeah. Yes. And I don't think that the healthcare that you get at the Ukrainian orphanage is probably like the best healthcare. And then the other thing that I've heard is that a lot of her acting out, they're saying, is um, very similar to what a child who would have been abused or maybe sex- abused emotionally, physically, sexually. It's very like the reactions are very similar to that. So like the stuff that was happening in the neighborhood, I think like she, you know, was probably an abused child who was acting out. And you put her in this scenario where she's like a kid who has, you know, it's hard for her to get around this apartment. She doesn't have enough food. She doesn't have someone taking care of her. They're telling her she's 22 years old. I mean, what would that do to her mind? And now when you see her, cause you do see her, she does seem like she's much more, advanced than she was in those clips that you see of her when she's little like the way she's talking is like an adult I was shocked when she was talking I was like wow she's like this is like she was talking about her she you know the adopted parents using their first name she's like Michael and and I was like wow she very clearly is speaking and it seems you know very different than how we hear some of the audio from her in those episodes I mean the mom would put her up against the wall for like eight hours at a time and not let her use the bathroom and she would soil herself. Like, I mean, that's, that is like abuse. And so, and also like the parents are so weird and gross and Uh, you guys, you need to watch it because that's what I love about doc docu series formats is that you have this one thing that is like, Oh wait, this is the weird thing. And then you pull back those curtains and the weird thing actually isn't the weird thing. It's like, wow, this family is completely on a whole other level. They've got their son living in a basement who was a genius at one point And like, obviously has gone through major trauma. You have the mom who then like, you know, you know, sexually discovering herself at some point in like really in, in interesting ways. And then this dude, you can tell wants to be a celebrity. This guy wants the cameras on him. And so they, they interview this guy at multiple different points and you see the journey this guy goes through, but he, he's so into, he's like a very, he's like an ugly Sandoval where it uh, it's, it's really, I don't know, but I found it really fascinating to like get into another world besides Vanderpump rules. Yeah. And I think you got to have those like uh, shows that you can sort of like go to when you're very into like Scandaval. Like last night after it ended, I was like, okay, we are good. Um, I I guess <laughs> I need to take, I need to take my own beat. I might need to move to the French countryside myself. I'd love to live next door to Ariana. <laughs> um, <laughs> just feel like that would be great. But I, I do think that, you know, it'll be interesting to see what we hear from Natalia Grace. And even if she, like, let's just pretend for sake of the argument that she was, like, not six years old, right? Let's pretend she was, like, 18 when they got her, which I don't think she was. Even if she was an adult, was that the way that an adult should be treated? I think we can all agree no. 
Like that was abuse, yeah. period. But it is interesting because you you in the back of your head, if you had heard about this case, it was always compared to the movie Orphan. And so that's why right. it was like really kind of dark on top of it. So we already go in with this kind of assumption about this story. And I thought it did a really decent job of pulling those layers back and kind of delving in a little bit more. And it was very surprising. Anything else that you've been uh, digging or like kind of like I can't wait to get into? I'm doing shiny, happy people, which I'm enjoying. I think that's pretty, pretty good. And then, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. What are you watching? What else should I be watching? What are we well, going to, how do are you, you going to I mean, time what other, San- I'm going to reintroduce myself to my friends and family, my friends and fa- I'm going to talk to my friends and family again and, and check in with them. Um, no, I mean, I mean, like, listen, I do all the Bravo shows, so I'm just finishing Summer House, Real Housewives of New Jersey, Real Housewives of Orange County just started. Um, you know, I actually weirdly enjoyed that Smartless docu-series about the podcast with uh, Jason oh. Bateman, Will Arnett, and, Will and Arnett. Sean Hayes. I did not think I would like that. And it, I mean, there were aspects I didn't like of it, but it was in like, but they were so funny about it. You know, J- Jason Bateman seems like he has a you know trigger warning, a, an eating disorder. But I thought it was like really funny how Will Arnett would just like completely make fun of him for it. <laughs> so that I actually ended up liking way more than I thought I would. The Kardashians this season, I've kind of I need to catch up on and I want to, but it's hard to go back into that once you deal with Scandal and then go back to a, a highly structured, so not a completely produced. false reality, but a false reality to a degree yeah. that's hard to watch. Now, I might do Real Housewives of Orange County um, because I I ride and die for Shannon Bedore. No, actually, you know what? Let me rephrase that. I ride and die for Archie, the dog, the golden retriever. Um, so I'll I watch want the best Real Housewives of Orange. Yeah. <laughs> and I want the best for Shannon too. I will watch Real Housewives <laughs> of Orange County just to, just to get a glimpse of Archie. And I'm <laughs> very fascinated by the fact that Shannon and David are hanging out. I don't even know that they're really hanging out. I think they ran into each other. Dude, no, they but- no, they are. My my friend was in uh-huh. Orange County with her mom, and she said they. It was like la- it was a week and a half ago, and they were at um, some restaurant. And she went up to her and said, "Shannon, I'm a huge fan." And John was next to her and made a point of going, "We're not together." We're not together, just so you know. And John was like, yeah, we're not. But John had his arm around her and stuff. And I'm like, it is so funny. They do seem like they hang out a lot for people that aren't together. But I thought that was very funny. And I want nothing but the best for Shannon Storms Bedore. I want nothing but the best for that woman. Like, seriously. So I'll, and you know, I actually saw Heather Dubrow do stand up like three weeks ago. Because she's living up here in LA now. Was it and a lot of a, ra- race relation jokes? And what was the, what was the whole, was it, a, she was, was it like she, Dave Chappelle? She was like more like a storytelling show, but she was pretty good. Like she kind of brought oh, I it. I have no doubt. No, I have no doubt. I mean, t- she, she, you know, she's a Hollywood, she's an actor. Like she knows how to right, do that she stuff. Is a, this is. And, and so I yeah. did see in the preview, like Taylor giving her like some, there's some fight over her career, but I'll say this, like it was at, um, dynasty typewriter, which is like very yeah. much a like hipster, like really cool environment. And like her and Terry, God love them. They stood out like sore thumbs, but they were so cool and so chill and enjoying the show. And like, I just was like, I feel like Heather has like t- talk about somebody else who I think has grown. I think Heather Dubrow has grown a lot. And at the end of the show, she actually was like, you know what? I'm a work in progress. 
I was raised differently. And now I have these kids who are teaching me new things and challenging me. And I'm so lucky and I'm so grateful. And like, I was just like, who is like, I, I love it. I stand. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Um, so what's next for you though? I mean, what, what do you have going? I mean, obviously the TikTok account, the Instagram, what else can we support with? What is your dreams? What's, what's the goal here? You're so kind. Uh, my goal is French countryside, but in the meantime, uh, you know, I have my Patreon. You can find me there. Uh, and what do you I, do on the Patreon? We talk about everything that's just too hot for TikTok. Like I recently told a story <laughs> about the time that um, Charlie D'Amelio's dad bullied me. <laughs> oh my god, he bullied you too. This guy loves to bully people. Allegedly, in my opinion, he's in. He is. Wow. Intense. So anyway, I tell all the stories that are too hot for TikTok on the Patreon. I do one episode a week. And uh, this July, if you're in the Boston area, July 26th, I'm doing a live show with Emily Rose from It's Become a Whole Thing. I'm taking it back. Oh, I love Emily. Yes. Yes. So uh, if, if you're around, love to see you there. And then, yeah, TikTok and Instagram. And then slowly but surely, something is coming that will hopefully both, um, solidify uh julian's garlic bread as my favorite garlic bread because i did announce that the other day um they don't care um i did have a brand the other day that was like oh my god we love you and i was i wrote back and i was like well you never invite me to your influencer events and then i was like oh i shouldn't have said that <laughs> I was like, delete, delete. <laughs> but are you um, but we'll do <laughs> i'm trying to get a garlic bread sponsorship god it's so hard but um that and, the, and and maybe ending the wealth gap. So I've got something else in the works. So stay tuned and hopefully, hopefully it takes off. I hear you know it's how a this town is. subscription box set. You're doing a caftan <laughs> subscription box set at some point. But anyways, and by the way, anybody listening that's uh, in, in, you know, hiring influencers, hire me and Meredith for all of your influencing needs. If you're a good product, if you suck, maybe don't do it. Yeah. But uh, um, guys, I'll put all that information in the show notes and, and Meredith, please come back anytime you would like to. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Betches.